Comedy Central's Corporate is a dark comedy set in the executive suite of a giant soulless corporation called Hampton DeVille. The company's slogan is Hampton DeVille, We Make Everything. The series premieres on Wednesday, January 17th, but the first four episodes are already available to watch on the Comedy Central app and on demand. Matt Ingebretson and Jake Weissman are co-creators of Corporate and co-star on the show as junior executives in training. Do you think we're going to get to eat anything today? Don't count on it. There's a rigid food hierarchy here. Executives get first pick, then junior executives, then us, the junior executives in training. $500 billion corporation, and they never have enough bagels for everyone. Why didn't you eat breakfast before work? I didn't have time. I hit the snooze button 15 times this morning, which is a new record that I'm actually kind of proud of. Did you eat anything? No, I'm trying to watch my figure. I want to have a hot body because I'm tired of developing my personality. Yeah, I've been there. I've seen several episodes of the show, and uh, it's uh, really fun. Matt, I wanted to tell you first. I w- Google Docs knows that you have two E's in your last name. And I, I thought, given the nature of the show being corporate, that, that you might accept that as sort of a sign of arrival for you and the show. <laughs> I mean, it feels like a miracle, and I'm so happy to have finally made it, according to Google. Yeah. <laughs> I love half hour comedy and I see a ton of these shows and I'm constantly surprised at how many different tones there are. There's not just like six tones and you had to fit into one of them. How do you think about that when you're writing and shooting and editing and music? What do you, what do you think about what the tone of the show is and how you get to that point? The stuff that we love the most is often, I think, kind of grounded and serious. And then the comedy comes out of the drama and often taking things too seriously and, and, and stuff like that. So we wanted to start from a place of kind of reality or at least a sort of an alternate reality. And, uh, but at the same time, we wanted to make a comedy. And so whenever it felt uh, like a place to have a joke that was purely a joke in there, we added that in. We, we tried to not be too stringent and make something too dark and depressing. We wanted to have some levity as well. I think the obelisk is a good example of that. Maybe you could talk a little bit about where the obelisk came from. Today marks the launch of the obelisk, Hampton DeVille's touchscreen tablet, which boasts a screen eight times the size of the iPad. We're in this place right now where you, we all need uh, either a tablet or a phone constantly, or even if we don't need it, we're addicted to it to the point of it being a necessity. And we're also at the point where uh, the companies who make those products have us by the balls and know that how much we need that. And so they're able to just continue to make different variations on the exact same product that are maybe slightly better or not better at all. And so the obelisk came out of this feeling that we're being jerked around by Apple a little bit, but that's if it came from a place of just feeling like that's what was happening to us as you know purchasers of uh, these products. And the other aspect of it is like Apple has this maniacal need to fit the entire world inside something the size of your fingernail. 
And so we thought that someone out there must be like, no, I don't want smaller. I want bigger. I want the biggest thing possible. And just the idea of like the iPod, when the iPod came out, it's like, wow, that's a small thing to contain as much as it does. And now it's way too big. And so the idea that like you have to fit all the knowledge that ever existed inside the smallest thing ever is just a wonderful example of how everything is dumb. Yeah. How did the props department make that? Is it a TV in there? It's enormous. I mean, it's it's hard to explain how big this <laughs> device is. I think it might yeah, be so a they, computer monitor, but the props department is very talented. Yeah, they basically took what was, yeah, I think a large touchscreen TV or something like that, and then placed it and then created a new shelf for it. It was extremely heavy. It probably weighed 40 pounds. And so it was like a huge pain in the ass to shoot with this thing. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah. It's also weird when you write stuff in a script, there's always this disconnect where you don't actually realize that if you write it, people are going to have to make it. You're just trying to write something funny and you keep forgetting if I come up with the obelisk, someone's going to, that's a problem for a lot of people. Yeah, so, it was um, it was a they, funny. They exercise. definitely had to work a long time on it, and a lot of people had to spend their lives figuring out what we were talking about. Yeah, that was a funny thing. This was our first TV show, and we've obviously made a lot of things before, but this was a an exercise in yeah. If you write it, you then have to go do it, and money will be spent, and professionals who have been doing this for years will take these absurd, insane things you wrote very seriously to execute them as professionally as they possibly can. How did you think about that in terms of like, can we actually do this or will this be expensive once we start making it? Or It, it came from a, a few places. One is that we wanted to be ambitious with the show and make a show where we could discuss sort of any facet of society uh, that we wanted to. And so a company that is sort of at the center of everything and makes conceivably anything um, was interesting to us and, and reflects a lot of different multi-conglomerate corporations out there um, that seemingly have their hands in every facet of um, you know the world. Yeah. You have to sort of, sometimes you have to kind of write, you have to write what's in your imagination and hope that it'll work out um, and just get people to figure it out regardless of budget. But then when you start making the show and you get a producer um, he'll be, he or she will be like, okay, guys, calm down. Like we're not, we're not the richest show in the world. Um, but it's more fun to just write with your imagination and hope it's possible until you sort of become like a veteran and you understand, okay, we're definitely not going to be able to do this. Um, but that's yeah. just the sad reality of life. Yeah. There's a lot of head nodding in this show, which goes to sort of the corporate structure and everybody having to tell their boss he's correct. And it, it, is that uh, uh, something that you think about as a, a sort of a critique of hierarchical organizations or something that you think corporations actually get right? Well, um, I my dad and I have very different views on this a lot when around the time that we were starting to create the show, this article about Amazon came out uh, in the New York times. That was sort of a critique of the nightmare work environment that they had there. And my dad, who is uh, uh, an engineer and then a, a businessman thought that that was a perfect environment because it got the most done. Whereas I think for a lot, a lot of people, that type of environment is an absolute nightmare and a hellscape to work in. And so I think, our, our point of view in the show is that it is a, a critique of that and that it is a strange world we live in where 
you do in my, in the modern world, you're uh, afforded so many opportunities and a much higher, uh, you know, life, better lifestyle than you were many years ago, but you also are, um, immediately put inside of the system where you have to sort of sign your life away to various bosses over the years who you just have to hope are benevolent, nice people. Because if your boss hates you, even if your job is great, your life sucks and they can ruin your life. And so it's, it's interesting that you sort of, yeah, you, there's sort of your government from nine to five is this, whoever this person who happened to hire you is. Um, my general feeling, I think our general feeling about the corporate structure is that it's a nightmare, but nobody's figured out a much better system yet. And it seems like systems are designed to fail and be a nightmare because systems are um, compiled of people and people are dumb. One of the funniest scene, maybe the funniest scene as I was watching the first four episodes was one of one of you playing basketball with Adam Lustig. Good morning, Matt. I'm going to show you how I get through my day without falling asleep on the toilet. John, how is waking up at 6 a.m. to play basketball going to help me? God. Endorphins. Intense physical activity floods your brain with endorphins. You don't need sleep when you can trick your body into thinking that you're constantly in a life-threatening situation. Did you know he was able to do all of those things, the stuff with the <laughs> ball and the sort of the ridiculous... <laughs> Adam is Adam. We feel so lucky to uh, work with him. Adam is a, an absolute genius, and we—he we, is actually—he plays basketball weekly, and so we knew that he was a basketball player. But he's also a brilliant improviser, and so it was a perfect scene to combine his two talents because we didn't write much of what he said during that scene, and he just was able to sort of go nuts and uh, and have fun with it. So it was really fun to to shoot that and also very painful for me when he threw a basketball <laughs> into my face. Yeah. It's also a trope of sort of the business comedies or, or office type comedies to have the, the, you know, the office basketball game or the racquetball um, match or whatever. So it was interesting to see <laughs> your take on this is the bleakest imaginable. I mean, if you compare it to the <laughs> office or better off Ted or something like that, yeah. there's, you know, there, there's no touching moment in this basketball game. Yeah. And yeah, I think that we, you know, we're fans of all of those shows. And I think that we, um, yeah, that we wanted our experience again, working for, for offices like this is that our, we never had a wacky or goofy boss that our bosses typically sort of controlled our life in this crazy way. And so we wanted to just find the comedy in that. <laughs> How do you feel about the idea that you can make a show without really redeemable or or positive characters you can't do that on network tv and there's some places on cable that you can't do it but the you know sort of nichification of cable has allowed people to to do a big range of tones what what do you think about the idea that the show doesn't have to have nice people well, I think that it's good to have people that you can relate to. I think there's something insincere about forcing some characters to be just likable or awesome or happy or sweet. I think that people will be into characters 
if you can see parts of yourself in them or you can see parts of other people you know in them. And so I think these, the truth in the writing is how real to life these people are. And um, I do think there's some likable characters on our show. They may not be as super punchy likable as some other shows on maybe network TV, but you like them because you feel like you know them. And that's imp- more important than anything, in my opinion. There has been a trend of show launches of networks putting the first episode out for a couple of weeks before it premieres. And Comedy Central with this show actually put the first four episodes out for about a month before you premiere. Did you talk to them about that or have you gotten any feedback from that? Oh, go for it, Matt. Oh, um, yeah, that was their that was their decision to do that. But um, it was exciting for us because the main thing as creators of the show that we want is for people to watch the show. And so the network putting four episodes out for free for people to watch um, and, and promote and they did a good job of promoting. It was just exciting because it just means more eyes on it. And, and at the end of the day, that's kind of our only priority with this. And I think that also there's so many TV shows now that you just want people talking about your show, no matter what. So whatever can get the internet uh, chatting about your creation is good. Even if they get to see it technically early, it's like, okay, well that just means more people will tune in for the premiere because they've heard it's good. Well, it's a fun show. I appreciate you talking to me and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing the, uh, the, the, the back episodes of the season. Thanks, Thanks so much. So much. Uh, I think you'll like it. 